0: This podcast was produced on stolen, Yagra and Turrbal land that was never ceded. This episode of the podcast is about International Workers Memorial Day. At the 2002 International Workers Memorial Day in Brisbane, State Secretary Peter Ong spoke about a member who had lost his life in the year previous. This is his speech from the day.
1: Can I start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today and pay my respects to their elders, both past and present. And can I acknowledge each and every one of you for rolling out today. Um, A lot of you under the threat of fines and the loss of your job, of penalties, under this shitbag Morrison government that we're currently under federally. Can I also acknowledge um, all of the families that are here today um, who have lost loved ones for no other reason than getting up in the morning and going to work like we all do but not returning home at night or returning home busted and broken or with some insidious workplace disease that stops them from making a living or continuing to make a living for their families. We pay our respects today to those people, our comrades, our colleagues who did something You know, uh, something that we all take for granted, just going to work, we're always going to come home safely. Unfortunately, either a workplace incident or accident has taken them away from their families, or broken them to the point where they cannot continue to earn for those families. And those families then suffer for the rest of their days. Because when you lose not only a loved one, a father or a mother, a brother or a sister, But a bread earner for that family, then that family suffers continually, ongoing. They don't have the money to do what a normal family unit would do. They don't have a normal family unit. They're missing one, at least. And it's normally the the main bread earner for the family. And that impacts their whole ongoing life, their whole family life, their ability to mix socially, to afford to do simple things like send kids to school camps, and a lot of us forget about that. A lot of us, obviously, um, you know, we feel when we lose a comrade on the job. It hurts us, and we vow to keep doing things better and to make sure that we keep fighting for health and safety on the job, but we forget about, you know, after the funeral, the impacts on that family, and they are forever lasting. And this is why we fight so hard to not only maintain health and safety on our jobs, but to increase. And I want to acknowledge and pay respect to the workplace health and safety reps, not only here today, the ones aren't here today, all of those people and delegates that put their hands up, again under the threat of blacklisting or future work because we have to take it into our own hands as workers, unfortunately, in this day and age. Unfortunately, we can't rely upon the Workplace Health and Safety Act. We can't rely upon employers enforcing the Workplace Health and Safety Act, because it just doesn't happen. So we have to take it into our own hands and do it as workers on the jobs. And I congratulate all of those HSRs and delegates. Because unfortunately, again, under the current government that we work under, and it's been this way for the last 10 years at least, this government is an anti-worker government, and unfortunately, the fish rots at the head, and the way they treat workers and health and safety flows down the line. To big business, to builders, who put workplace health and safety second to profits, and to budgets, and to programs. But we don't. The union movement doesn't, its members doesn't, and workers don't, and we have to continue to do that. One of the biggest jobs in town here at the moment, Queens Wharf, I know a lot of years are from there today. Um, you know, there's five or six different electrical contractors working on that job, all doing different parts of the job, different switchboards, different things getting livened up at this stage of the job. So we put something in place. We took it to management and said, look, we want to put a bit higher level safety precautions in place when it comes to livening up switchboards in this job. And they pushed back, and they pushed back for a number of months, and there was no other ulterior motive from the workers or the union movement on that job other than to put in place the highest standard of safety so that we're not back here mourning another worker who's been electrocuted on that job. It took us three months to get it there, but all of the workers on that job locked in, We might have had to take a few illegal bits of action, but that shit happens. You've got to do what you've got to do when it comes to looking after people's health and safety and making sure that the highest standard is in place so that we don't lose anyone. Not losing someone and then going, oh shit, let's put something else in place. We've got to start doing it so that it's in place first. We are sick of losing people to workplace incidents. It's something that I've been in this game for 35 years in the construction industry. I've seen many people killed. I've seen many people broken and battered. We lost one of our members only in uh, in January this year. Jeff Alloy, who was uh, an Ergon worker up in North Queensland. One of the trucks rolled back and crushed him to death. A family man, um, well loved amongst his community, well loved amongst his workmates. It shattered his workmates. It shattered the community, it shattered us. My assistant secretary, Stewie Trail, and my organiser, Hilly up in North Queensland, spent a whole week with the community, with the workers, dealing with the grief, dealing with the suffering, and doing our best to help that community through such a hard period. And that's only one worker, 25 workers in the last year. And under this shitbag Morrison government, that has increased by 32%. That's an absolute disgrace. A shame and a, and a scurril on this government. And they've got to go. So comrades, as I said, we do this every year and I've been doing it for 35 years. Today, we remember those workers who have lost their lives purely in the pursuit of a better life for their families and to put food on the table. We remember those comrades. And we realign our commitment today to make sure that we uphold the highest standard of health and safety on the jobs. And we will fight like buggery to do that. We will take on any boss, we will face any fine, and we will face any penalty. Thank you comrades.
0: ETU member Tommy Campbell often plays the bagpipes at the International Workers Memorial Day in Brisbane. He reflects on what the day means to him.
2: that's International Workers Memorial Day coming up next Friday on the 28th, um, 11 o'clock at Emma Miller Place. Can you just share with us a little bit about uh, how important it is that people get along to that or take time out to reflect?
3: Well, me, um, Workers Memorial Day, Anzac Day, all a time, really, for us all to reflect on lost friends, relatives, uh, and things like that who have died previously. Um, I've had grandfathers die in mining accidents back in Scotland and stuff like that. So for me, it's a chance just to reflect on the time that I could have spent with them or or, or have missed with them. Really, you know. So it's a quite a solemn time.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you, uh, you've played the pipes. Um Yep, yep. For the for the last four or five years at yeah. um, at Memorial Day, and how does that um, how does that make you feel? You talk about the solemn.
3: Yeah, it, it, for me especially, it helps me really get into the the event and be part of the event. It makes me feel as though I belong to that event. Something special and personal for me. Yeah. I'm quite lucky that way. I could get to have that personal touch. Really, you know. Sure.
2: Yep. And working in construction. Obviously, it's one of the. It's a dangerous, yeah, and it's a dangerous occupation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what what message do you have uh, for people, uh, for members who um, you know the twenty eighth comes along, young members, uh, and the Gold Coast has got a, a memorial day as well. Uh, what message do you have for them on the day? What's the key message?
3: Well, that it's very real. The, the the fact that we lose people in all industries, let alone construction, it's very real and it's to get, you hope that people actually acknowledge that and understand it, young people especially, um, because it's sometimes we just don't really feel it, we're not close to it enough, but um, it's actually real and it's very much a part of working in construction, yeah. so, so you've got to try to at least let the young ones see it yep. uh, so they can become aware and start to accept it as a, a real risk in their industry, you know.
2: Absolutely. So the, the, um, the tagline for Workers' Memorial Day is always, um, you know, mourn for the dead, um, but fight like hell for the living. Um, do you want to reflect on that a little bit?
3: Yeah, well, especially with young people, it's, it's interesting you say young people. I was speaking to, I'm um, not mentioning his name, a senior manager for Multiplex. A lot of the industries that uh, people now are worried that we don't have enough experience to, to guide us through safely. and and build projects safely because it's all young people. So when you see young people, who else is going to... If it's not the builder that's going to um, educate young people, who's it going to be? So it can only be the people with a bit of experience and who have witnessed people dying, whether they knew them very well or or they were just casual acquaintances. We've, We've all seen that. So I think it's important that us older people educate the young people and let them know about these stories and, and the real-life disasters and tragedies.
2: And that's where unions come in.
3: Absolutely, obviously. yeah, because yeah, if it's absolutely. not going to be the builder, who's it going to be? It has to be the trade union.
0: ETU organiser Bob Malone often speaks at the International Workers' Memorial Day in the Gold Coast. He talks about what IWMD means to him.
4: International Workers' Memorial Day I became aware of in roughly uh, late, it would have been uh, 2010. Um, since then, uh, I've become more and more aware of the importance of the day, um, given not only is it an opportunity for us to take the time um, to pay our respects to those workers who haven't been fortunate enough to go home uh, from from their day at work, haven't lost their lives, um, but also an opportunity for us to, to um, Evaluate the importance of site safety and making sure we're looking after our mates, and, and that we don't have to look at um, have to look at the uh, the number of crosses that we see every year uh, in front of us on the Memorial Day. It sort of is a sobering moment where it sort of puts a little bit of reality to what seems otherwise to be just pushed to the side um, by society.
5: Mm-hmm. And then with the crosses, could you just um, explain what that? Um like
4: what that is for people who haven't been to an event. So um, the there's a bit of effort put into um, obviously respectfully identifying as much information as you can without sort of overstepping the mark. But essentially what we what we do is is have a cross for every person that's had a workplace death um, in in uh, Australia and/or Queensland or a mix of both at times and what their role was and roughly what age they were. Um, at the time of death so it's uh, as each sort of I suppose role and age gets called out um, there's usually you know someone go up and put a hat on the on the cross and I suppose for most people including myself it's a moving uh, time um, because you sort of can't help but think about the circumstances of that person at that age and what they might have had going on outside of work that they no longer had the capacity to to do because they're not around anymore.
5: Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and why is IWMD a union? Like, what's it got to do with the union, essentially?
4: Uh, well, safety is union business, and representing working-class families is what we do. Um, so what we often try and encourage members to do is is let us know if they're having problems in the workplace, with workplace health and safety, and, and certainly provide them the confidence not only with the legislation that we push on a day to day basis to ensure workers have a safe place of work, but also that they've got the support from their union uh, in times of need where they're not confident enough to raise the, the issues themselves on site um, to engage us to, to head out to site and use our exercise, our powers to help them. Um, so it's definitely, you know, safety is union business, and if if the world was perfect, which is far from it. Um, these issues wouldn't occur. So we're there to try and explore options to to make sure that every worker goes home safe.
5: Mm-hmm. Um so we usually use a quote um, that most unionists will be familiar with, um, remember the dead and fight like hell for the living. So I think that the day kind of has those two um two parts to it that you've touched on. It's like remembering people who have who haven't been able to come home and also um, just continuing to make sure that we're calling out uh, safety issues. Um, would you do you agree with
4: that? Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's. I think the part that surprises me in two thousand and twenty three is that we will see the same mistakes occurring today on a on a particular in a, any particular workplace that have caused workplace deaths previously. So it's almost as though people are still running the gauntlet to try and focus predominantly on productivity and not take safety nearly as seriously as what they should. Um, so definitely it's about, I suppose, as you say, in part, paying your respects to those people who haven't and and absolutely fighting like hell um, you know for the living because when we see those same silly mistakes being made, um, pushing productivity over people's health and well-being, um, you know, yeah it's important to both take stock and pay respects and then turn around reset and then fight like fight like hell
5: mm-hmm. um, have there been if you're comfortable talking about it any um deaths set work that you've dealt with as an organiser
4: uh as an organiser no um as a child um i've got uh not so favourable memories of mara Mine explosion so my um, thankfully, my uh, dad wasn't affected directly. Um, certainly, indirectly, he was very affected, um, as was the entire community out there. Um, I remember going to school and mates of mine, you know, I can remember one particular family, not only did they lose their dad, but they lost their uncle uh, in an underground mine explosion. And I suppose being at the age that I was at the time, maybe grade five, so what's that make you roughly 10? Um, you're sort of becoming aware of you know some of the realities of the world, but certainly nurtured away from most of it at that time still. Um, I can remember uh, that some of the findings coming out about how preventable that incident was, and that the people who were in charge made active decisions to continue work when that work should have should have not continued and and the likely that those deaths were definitely preventable. Um, Stuck with me.
5: Sorry, you said your dad was directly and indirectly affected. Um, I think that's when we're seeing coverage in the media um, of tragedies like workplace deaths, uh, it's not often that we hear about what it's like for other people who are working on that site who maybe were off shift or in a different location um, when we know that it's very traumatising and also quite confronting to have to come to work the next day or the next week. can you kind of talk to that a little bit about how serious workplace incidents like that actually do affect the entire workplace, um, and especially in small, for example, mining communities, affect the whole community?
4: Everyone, well, maybe not everyone, hopefully not everyone has a story um, to that end. Um, certainly in the last two years, um, it's 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 funny how you don't sort of join the dots on circumstances, but it's my understanding that the, the, the lady locally plays indoor sport down there um, down where I live and her husband was one of the workers that that died um, as a result of being sent into an unsafe work environment where the tilt panels fell on them up at um up in brisbane and i think that was a, a major um i suppose inroad to the industrial manslaughter laws that were implemented in queensland that was definitely a large part of the campaign that i can remember i just hadn't realized that that was her partner and so she's since experienced real difficulties in in finding new partner because she loves her previous partner so yeah look definitely the ongoing effects are you know untold for sure
5: and if you wanted to obviously probably one main thing you want to say to any members listening is attend your local um international workers Memorial day event if you can Um, but in terms of something to take away from the day itself Um, aside from attending an event what would be kind of one specific thing you'd want members to take away
4: look I think acknowledging the realities of the risks associated with their day-to-day work going in each day with your eyes wide open and not getting the tunnel vision that we all tend to get from time to time because we've been there before we've done it before kind of attitude is that we go into each day and each task with eyes wide open
0: Make sure to get along to the International Workers Memorial event in your local area if you have one. Otherwise, take a moment on Friday the 28th of April to think about workers who have lost their lives and renew your commitment to calling out unsafe work practices at your site. This podcast is produced by the Electoral Trades Union, Queensland and Northern Territory Branch.